This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Camp Dino... Dr. Lovkin took Bo to Ma and Pa's yurt and told Pa to throw Bo out of camp for causing problems in his class. He was also fired up because Bo's T-Rex, Buck, wounded Ash's raptor. But Zeta was able to show that Buck was just protecting her egg from the raptor. And it turns out Dr. Lovkin isn't supposed to be separating the kids from their dinosaurs in the first place. So Bo and Buck were allowed to go free. When they left Mon Pa's yurt, Bo and Zeta saw Boom helping an injured Kirby to the watchtower, where the camp medic Dot tended to him. It was an eventful day to say the least, and at the end of it all, Zeta's egg hatched, revealing Triceratops triplets. And now for episode 5, Scoot Toot Shoot. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents 
Camp Dino. Buck, stop! That's not food! Bo shouted, chasing his T-Rex around the galley. Buck was running around chewing up everyone's plastic trays. Stop! Oh, sorry about that. Buck, come on! Oops, I hope you were done with that. Buck, seriously! Watch your hand, watch your hand! Kids shouted at them over their smashed breakfast plates, and dinosaurs groaned in dismay as the two ran circles around the tables. It wasn't until Buck started choking on a kid's shoe that Bo finally caught up with him. <coughs> Wrapping himself around his dino like a human seatbelt, Bo started performing the Heimlich. Sirs, <coughs> right! One more fisted squeeze and the slimy shoe came flying out of Buck's mouth, hitting a laughing kid square in the face and knocking him off his seat. Before the kid could hit the ground, Buck was already happily wagging his tail and looking over the room for another shoe. <laughs> Just as he went to pounce on another shoe, Bo tugged on his leash. Come on, Buck, we're gonna be late. Avoiding eye contact with Buck's victims, he pulled the T-Rex out of the galley and headed to class. It was getting harder and harder to pull Buck around camp, and it didn't take a dinosaur expert to figure out why. Buck had already doubled in size since the day he hatched. His big head now reached above Bo's waist, and the yellow lightning bolt stripes along his red scaly back were getting thicker and longer, bulging with more muscle by the day. Bo was sure the non-stop eating had something to do with it. He'd also been reading the books Pa had recommended, and those confirmed that T-Rexes not only grew quickly, but had an appetite that could rarely be satisfied. He'd been desperately poring over the books in his treepee before bed, trying to figure out how to get Buck under control. One of them had a chapter on their eating habits. It said Tyrannosaurus rexes were at the top of the food chain and fed on other large dinosaurs, such as the Triceratops. That part was particularly worrisome, considering Zeta had just welcomed three Triceratopses into the world. Bo would have to be extra careful with Buck around the newcomers. At the end of the day, he knew that no matter how many signs, trays, or pancakes Buck ate, he would never be fully satisfied until he had a belly full of dino flesh. Buck pulled himself free of Bo's grip and jumped behind a little jungle fern. The T-Rex squatted behind the plant and wagged his tail. His body was clearly visible behind the tiny shrub. 
What are you doing, Bowside? Going to the bathroom again? I didn't realize you were so private. We can all see you, you know. <sighs> Buck growled playfully and peeked out from behind the plant before trying to hide his big head again. <laughs> Bo chuckled. Ah, I see. Okay. Hmm, where could Buck be? <laughs> he pretended to look around in the nearby ferns. Nope, not there. Maybe he's here. No, hmm, where is he? <laughs> Buck growled with excitement and tucked back behind the shrub. I think that maybe he's right. Bo spun around. Here! <laughs> Buck sprang out from behind the fern and landed on Bo's chest, flattening him to the ground. <coughs> Found you, Bo said with the little air he could muster. Buck happily licked Bo's face and then hopped off. Good morning, Zeta said, walking up to them. Somebody wanted to start off the day with morning kisses. Bo jumped to his feet and brushed off his pants. Yeah, I think he just found some leftover syrup on my face. How did last night go with the triplets? Zeta stared at him with sleepless eyes. Three little pairs of horns were repeatedly stabbing out of her backpack in all directions. Just peachy. You think it's a good idea to wear that while they're poking around? Before he could finish, Zeta jumped. Ouch! One of the horns poked her back. That's it! Zeta took off her backpack and set it on the ground. With one furious swipe, she unzipped it and took out the three triceratopses. Bo couldn't help but laugh when he saw them. The pudgy-cheeked dinosaurs were adorable. Even Buck couldn't resist their cuteness. He immediately ran over and started licking them and corralling them like a mother hen. <laughs> Again, Bo felt a little jealous looking at his favorite dinosaur. For as long as he could remember, the Triceratops was his dino of choice. Whenever he did a report for homeschool or played make-believe, the Triceratops was always the star. He imagined all the fun he could have if the triplets were his and they were all grown up. He'd parade them through camp, jumping from one back to the other, using their horns to stab fruit off trees or string a big band between them and make a dino water balloon launcher. He saw himself sliding down their backs when they'd arrive at class. Have you come up with names? He asked, snapping out of his daydream. I think so, Zeta said, taking a sip of her water bottle. She pointed to the lean green one. Scooter? Then the brown one, Tudor, and then at the orange one, Shooter. I've been calling them Scoot, Toot, and Shoot for short. Scoot's a girl, and Toot and Shoot are boys, I think. Bo bent down and petted them. The little triceratopses made cute little grumbling noises and tried to fight off his hand with their horns. How'd you come up with those names? Zeta raised her eyebrows. I'll show you. She picked up a nearby stick and wagged it in front of her triplets. Watch this. 
Want the stick? Yeah, huh? Okay, go get it. She tossed it several feet away and Bo watched as Shooter, the orange one, raced after it and flung the stick around with his horns. Scooter, the green one, just plopped down on her fat bottom and chewed lazily on a weed. And Tudor, the brown one, casually walked towards the stick, taking his sweet time and being distracted by a cool-looking rock. Bo pointed to the last one. I get why you went with Scooter and Shooter, but Tudor? Wait for it. Zeta held up a finger. A few seconds later, Tudor stopped and loudly passed gas. <laughs> Buck's nostrils flared and he jumped back into a defensive position. Bo laughed. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, not awesome. Yeah, Zeta said dully. I thought it was cute, too, the first couple of times, but after the 20th time, I thought I was going to pass out. If we take this thing to the bonfire, the whole place is going to blow. Bo plugged his nose. Look at the bright side. He's got an extra weapon to use against predators. Or me, Zeta said, rounding them up and putting them back into her backpack, which was now covered in holes. Buck whined as she put them away. <laughs> On their way to class, they passed by the Tree of Knowledge, where they saw a couple of kids ascending the bookcase trunk in the ball chair, trying to ward off Tuku, who was obnoxiously throwing books down at them from one of the upper branches. The bling-covered monkey was having a blast turning their peaceful trip to the library into a war zone. Keeping their distance to avoid being pelted by a stray book, they walked around Dr. Rex's boneyard. The handsome counselor stepped out of his bone yurt to greet them. Oh, hey there, Bo, Zeta, he said with a smile. Zeta tried to discreetly check her breath. <laughs> hey, Dr. Rex, Bo said, giving him a wave. How's old Buck doing? Dr. Rex asked, squatting down to give Buck a pat. Buck sniffed him out and after some hesitation let him get away with a few strokes. Well, he's bigger, Bo said. I can see that, Dr. Rex laughed. And he's still destroying everything in his path. But aside from that, great, Bo said sarcastically. You're doing great, Bo. Keep it up. Ah, what do we have here? Dr. Rex noticed the horns jabbing in and out of Zeta's backpack. Ho, ho, ho! He walked over and unzipped the backpack. Triceratopses! Three of them! Crikey! Lucky gal! Zeta forced a smile. Just call me a lottery winner. Yay! Might want to keep this unzipped a bit, Dr. Rex told her. They're getting a bit cramped in there. Triceratopses like their space. No one likes being squashed up against their siblings for long, eh? As soon as the backpack was partially unzipped, three pudgy, shielded heads poked out and blinked. There we are. Oh, thanks, Zeta said, relieved to not be poked in the back. Um, Dr. Rex, Bo said. We saw Kirby yesterday being carried away by Boom. He looked pretty hurt. Do you know if he's okay? Dr. Rex looked between Bo and Zeta uncomfortably, his smile fading. Kirby? 
Bo could tell he was struggling to think something up. Dr. Rex ran his hand through his perfect hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, uh, he, he took a hit from an ankylosaurus. Those pesky bull tails can really get ya. <laughs> yeah. He chuckled awkwardly. Bo and Zeta weren't buying it. It'll be all right, mates. Don't you worry about old Kirby. He's a tough one. But I get to class. Helga isn't as lenient as I am when it comes to tardiness. Go on now. Have fun. Bo and Zeta said goodbye and headed to the arena. The arena lived up to expectations. At night, the kids on the other branches had told Bo and Zeta stories of the old ruins and the classes that were taught there. There was talk of exciting tournaments, face-offs, and games. Dr. Helga Bronson was known for her stern demeanor, but the kids seemed to like her for the most part. Ancient stone archways bordered the arena, which was a wide pit layered with stone seats that wrapped around a large circular dirt stage. Kids were already playing with their dinosaurs in the stage area, and there were a few kids who'd brought their lunch and were waiting to watch class from the stands. Bo figured the classes had to be pretty interesting if kids were coming to check things out during their free time. He noticed carvings in the ancient stone seats and vine-covered archways. He recognized some of them from the painting on the gathering hut, but many were new. Old symbols that looked like something out of a pharaoh's tomb. Bo and Zeta walked down the stone steps to the stage and waited with the other kids for their teacher to arrive. Looking around, Bo saw Ash glaring at him from the other end of the stage. He was holding his wounded velociraptor, whose tail and belly were bandaged. Bo swallowed. Was he ever going to get a break from this kid? Ash looked about ready to charge through the group and attack. But before he could, a voice echoed through the arena. Eyes to the front! All of the kids went quiet and turned to face a broad-shouldered woman who had stepped onto a stone platform adjacent to the stage. Bo and Zeta stared at the woman in amazement. She was tall, buff, and wore armor that looked to be made from armadillo shell. Her face was bony, her expression no nonsense, and her hair, well, there wasn't much of it. She was shaved bald except for a long dark ponytail that lay down her back. It was a unique hairstyle, to say the least. Unique enough to make Bo want to laugh when he first saw it, but luckily he resisted. A short girl several feet away wasn't so lucky. She snickered loudly the second she saw the woman. Their teacher raised an eyebrow at the girl. Then, with a sour look on her face, she hopped off her platform and started marching through the class towards her. Kids parted for her like the Red Sea. Up close, the woman was even more intimidating. Not quite as tall and beefy as Boom, but she'd give him a run for his money. Bo's imagination took flight, and he imagined the woman grabbing the little girl by the shirt and throwing her like a spear out of the arena. Then he pictured her lifting Kirby high above her head in an Olympic power lift before throwing him away, too. Bo snapped out of it as the woman reached the giggling girl. Is something funny? She asked in her strong accent. The girl struggled to hold in her laugh. No, I'm sorry, it's just... The armor? The teacher finished. Does it look like I'm being hugged by a bunch of turtles? Or maybe it's the hair. 
She grabbed her ponytail. What's wrong? You don't like it? It's not fluffy or curly enough for you? Or perhaps you think this is playtime, no? That you're here to dance around on this stage and pretend you're in a play? Oh, look at me, I'm a princess, someone save me! No! This is an arena! The girl jumped at the sudden outburst. The teacher looked around. Someday, I hope you girls learn that the way you look doesn't matter. Your mind and heart are what is important. And that is what you will need in this class. Pretty looks won't stop a dinosaur from eating your face! Another kid jumped as she shouted in his face. You are here to train your beasts so that they can't control you. You are here to take control! In one swift motion, the woman brushed along the nose of the giggling girl's hard-headed pachycephalosaurus, then tugged hard on the girl's shirt and clapped. The little dinosaur instinctively lowered its head and growled at the girl. The girl gasped and jumped back. Hey! The teacher clapped again and rubbed the side of the dino's belly, calling it out of its angry trance. The kids all looked at each other in amazement. Bo liked what he was seeing. He would love to have more control over Buck. His teacher gave the terrified girl a big fake smile before her face immediately snapped back to attention and she stood up straight. I am Dr. Helga Bronson, she announced as she marched through the lines of students. I will be your teacher. Some of you girls may recognize me from the yacht in the red sleep tree. Maybe you've heard me screaming at your trippy to be quiet. It is one of my favorite pastimes, I feel it beat. Those in my tree know what my expectations are for behavior. The rest of you should have a decent idea from what you just witnessed here with Little Miss Princess. Hmm? She nodded to the girl who now stood petrified. Helga walked to the front of the class, grabbed long sticks from a pile, and started tossing them to the kids. She didn't seem to mind that she was throwing them way too hard, not skipping a bead as several kids missed the catch completely and took a stick to the gut or face. Bo barely caught his, but Zeta grabbed hers easily with one hand, making Helga pause and consider her with an approving raised eyebrow. Hmm... Once all of the sticks were handed out, Helga continued. I am sure many of you think that your dino is also special, that it is brilliant and better than all the others, yeah? No, they are not! These beasts have prehistoric blood running through their veins, and so their behavior and communication are primitive. We must learn to work within these limits. Today we will demonstrate this by using the walking stick. The kids all looked at their sticks, confused. Your dinosaur is programmed to track either its friend or foe, so we will create tracks for them to follow. First, you will gently rub the stick across the top of their heads, like this. She demonstrated on a Linhanicus in front of the class, smoothly rubbing the top of the strange ostrich-looking dinosaur on the head with the end of the stick. Then slowly lower your stick to the ground and trace around you. She traced a line in the dirt around herself, and immediately the Linonychus lowered its fuzzy head and followed the circle around her. 
Now your turn. One by one, the kids rubbed their sticks on top of their little dinosaurs' heads and started tracing lines in the dirt. A boy near the back accidentally bonked his Spinosaurus on the head too hard and it tackled him. Another kid, who had clearly not been paying attention to the instructions, patted her thin yellow Gallimimus on the behind with her stick and was frustrated to find her dino spinning around and biting at her. Ash and his carnivores got their dinosaurs to obey without a problem. Ash's raptor sprinted along the traced path in seconds. Bo, on the other hand, was having a much harder time getting Buck to play along. Buck kept jumping up and biting onto the stick every time Bo tried to touch his head with it. Buck, hold on! No, just sit still for two seconds! Buck bit down onto the stick and waved it around with Bo still holding onto the other end of it. Buck tossed him around, making him slide through the dirt and trip the people around him. Zeta wasn't doing much better herself. Shoot seemed to get the idea, running circles around Zeta in a blur the second she finished drawing her path in the dirt. But Scoot just pushed the stick away with her horns and huffed angrily at her. And every time Zeta tried to touch Toot on the head with the stick, he just passed gas with every tap. Gah, it's hopeless, Zeta complained. Do not hurt your beasts, Helga shouted, confiscating a boy's stick and throwing it aside. If I catch you hitting each other with the sticks, I will whack your bottom and send you flying out of the arena, yeah? I was the Power Croquet Champion three years in a row before I was disqualified for hitting too hard. Good! She commended a red-headed girl for performing the task correctly. What is this? She stopped next to Bo, who was still being dragged through the dirt on the end of his stick. Let go, boy! You look ridiculous! Here, let me see that stick. If your beast does not want you to touch his head, Try touching it to yours first. Show them that it is safe, then trace your line. She showed Bo how to rub the stick on his own head. Buck tilted his head and watched with curiosity. T-Rexes are notoriously strong-willed, so don't be too upset if he doesn't follow at first. It will take extra practice with this one. Bo felt kind of ridiculous as he rubbed the stick on his head and then slowly lowered it to Buck's head. To his surprise, Buck didn't bite onto it. Instead, he purred as Bo gently rubbed it against his red scales. Then, Bo lowered the stick and traced a circle around himself. After a moment of hesitation, Buck sniffed the line and followed it around Bo. It worked! Good! Helga patted him on the back, nearly knocking the wind out of him. <laughs> Once Buck had made a full circle, he bit the stick out of Bo's hands anyway and wrestled it to the ground, snapping it in half with his sharp jaws. <laughs> hey! <sighs> Bo shook his head. He looked up in the stands and saw Gavin arriving late and sitting down to watch. Bo wondered why he wouldn't just come down and participate. Why was he even here if he wasn't going to do anything? Was it because he didn't have a dinosaur? Bo waved at him and Gavin nodded back. 
Nearby, Zeta was trying to stop Shoot and Scoot from playing tug-of-war with the stick, with Scoot draped over the middle. <laughs> I got it! Zeta cheered as she pried the stick free. Here, go get it! She tossed the stick across the arena and the three Triceratopses followed it at their own pace. <laughs> Buck chased after them excitedly, licking them and trying to round them up as if they were his own babies. <laughs> there was a hush that suddenly fell over the class as Boom hurried down the arena steps and ran over to Helga. Everyone watched as the enormous weapon-clad guard leaned down to whisper into Helga's ear. Seconds later, Helga's eyes widened and she nodded to Boom before turning back to her class. I'm afraid something has come up, she announced. There was a groan from the class. I want you to continue practicing this skill until the top of the hour and then head to lunch. Without further explanation, she turned and ran out of the arena with Boom. Bo and Zeta watched her go and then looked at each other. What was that all about? Bo said. I don't know, but it didn't look good. Maybe Tuku got a hold of Boom's bazooka or something? Bo laughed. Or Kirby's motorcycle. Wouldn't doubt it. You're looking pretty lonely over here, Buzzkill, Ash said, walking up to Bo. Bo stopped laughing. Ash was wielding his walking stick as a weapon, and his raptor growled at his side. I don't want to fight Ash, Bo said nervously, glancing at the other carnivores that were joining Ash's ranks, sticks in hand. I don't care what you want, Ash said with a threatening smile. I just want you to get a taste of what your stupid T-Rex did to my raptor. Nash glanced up at Boom and Helga, who were disappearing over the top of the arena. Looks like I get to take my time. Leave him alone, Zeta said, stepping forward with clenched fists. Ash and his goons looked her up and down and laughed. Or <laughs> what? You gonna whip us with that ponytail of yours? Bo looked around in a panic. His stick was chewed to pieces at his feet. Buck was who knows where, and even Zeta was weaponless. What was he going to do? Before he could think of something, Ash lunged forward and jabbed him in the chest, making him fall back. Stop it! Zeta cried. She charged Ash, but before she could reach him, one of the carnivores seized her from behind. Let go of me! Their dinosaurs nipped at her kicking legs. Gavin was on his feet and running down the stands. The other kids backed up and watched. Bo held his burning chest and groaned. Ash walked up to him. What's that? I can't hear you, Bobo. Come on, let's hear it. Let's hear you roar like a dinosaur. Ash jabbed at him again. Do it! <sighs> Bo groaned in pain. Louder, like a dinosaur. Gavin was running across the arena. Louder! Bo groaned again, but this time an actual roar bellowed around him. Ash froze, confused. Suddenly, Buck jumped between them and bit down on Ash's stick, tossing him around with hard, swaying movements. Then, crunch! The stick crumbled in his razor-sharp teeth. Buck lowered his head and roared. 
Gavin skidded to a stop and watched. Ash stared at the T-Rex, horrified. Get back! Get back! He backpedaled before turning and running for it. His goons followed suit, letting go of Zeta and running for the stairs. Buck charged after them. Ash's raptor tried to jump in the way, but was easily knocked aside by Buck's huge head. Bo sat up and watched with everyone else as Buck gained on Ash, who was whimpering with every desperate stride. <laughs> Buck grunted as he ran harder and harder, closing in on the fleeing boy. Buck was feet away, then inches, then chump. Buck's teeth bit a hole in Ash's pants, revealing dinosaur underwear. Some of the kids laughed. Bo jumped to his feet. Buck opened his mouth and ready to strike again. This time he'd be close enough to reach flesh. Buck! Bo's voice echoed through the arena, and Buck skidded to a stop. For a long moment, the only sound was that of Ash and his friends' footsteps as they frantically stumbled up the steps. Bo watched his dinosaur with tear-filled eyes. <sighs> Buck huffed and puffed with rage as he glared at Ash and the carnivores. He looked back at his master, a piece of pants hanging from his fangs. Bo smiled at him and nodded. Filling his yellow-striped chest with air, Buck raised his head to the sky and let out a bellowing roar that made the arena's stone arches vibrate. <laughs> Bo kept a low profile for the rest of the day. He didn't dare go to the camp medic to get his sore chest looked at. He was afraid that if he told on Ash for hitting him, Ash would tell on Buck for biting his butt. He rested most of the afternoon in his treepy instead. That night, after Ma and Pa's nightly bonfire address, Bo and Zeta sat with the other kids around the fire in the gathering hut and roasted dino s'mores, compliments of Sloppy Joe. The delicious dino-shaped marshmallows were sandwiched between two thin homemade cookies and a thin slice of spicy chocolate. The treats were gooey and delicious and helped Bo forget about his aching chest for a bit. Buck didn't seem to think much of them, but Zeta's triplets were obsessed. They kept chirping at her and biting at her shoes for more. Ow! Hold on, you guys! Zeta laughed, dropping ingredients as she struggled to make the dino s'mores fast enough. Bo stroked Buck's head and smiled. Thanks for saving me today. I would have turned into one of these if it weren't for you. He held up his roasted marshmallow on the end of his stick. Buck purred happily and rubbed his head against Bo's leg. <coughs> Bo patted him on the belly. Dr. Rex was right. You are special. Well, Zeta nodded down the bench. I think it's safe to say we won't be getting too much grief from them anytime soon. Bo looked up and saw Ash and his friends lingering at the end of their row, clearly annoyed that they couldn't pounce. I wouldn't count on it, Bo said, sticking his marshmallow back into the fire. Bet you anything they'll just wait until the second buck isn't around. You watch. Oh, I will, Zeta said, glaring at them. You know, it's too bad he's keeping his distance. Zeta looked at him, surprised. Why? 
because I'd love to know where he got those dino undies. Zeta laughed. Were those pterodactyls I saw on there? Probably, Bo chuckled. Hey, thanks for standing up for me. I took a lot of guts to step in front of those meatheads like that. Zeta shrugged. Eh, I'm all for an excuse to test out my training. I would have gotten a few punches in if they hadn't cheap-shotted me from behind. I would have liked to see that. Gavin suddenly appeared out of nowhere and sat down next to them. Well, hello, Bo said with a mouthful. Hey, Gavin said, staring into the fire. Zeta smiled at Bo and then looked back at Gavin. Where's your marshmallow? Hate marshmallows. They're sticky and gross. You're missing out, Zeta said, taking a big bite out of her dinosaur. So, are you just going to watch all of our classes from a distance, or are you actually going to join us for once? Gavin just shrugged. Is it because you don't have a dinosaur yet? Zeta asked. Do you feel left out or something? Zeta? Bo tried to stop her. No, Gavin replied. He slowly looked at them and nearly smiled. I already have one. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Camp Dino. I am really getting into this story. I hope you guys are enjoying it because I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, I keep doing back-to-back episodes, so I'm going to keep going. And Rocketeers, I just want to point something out. Obviously, this episode, we've talked about bullies, and bullying has been touched on in previous episodes of Camp Dino. I just want you all to know that if you are being bullied, it is okay to speak to a trusted adult. In fact, it's more than okay. It's important that you speak to a trusted adult. It is so much better to let them know than to let the bullying continue. So please let somebody know when you're being bullied, tell them to stop, walk or run away if you have to, and do your best to surround yourself with people that make you feel good about yourself. Even if it's just one other person, that's all you really need. Your friends should be bringing out the best in you and you should be speaking kindly to each other. Try to keep your distance from those bullies. And if it gets bad, let a trusted adult know and get out of the situation as quickly as possible. Everybody's experienced some level of bullying. I've experienced it. It stinks. It is not fun and it's scary sometimes. But you are not alone. If you see somebody being bullied, don't be afraid to speak up. And like I said, it's important to inform a trusted adult. At the end of the day, Rocketeers, we can avoid this by being kind to one another. 
It's never worth saying something mean to somebody, even if it's for a laugh, even if you think you're being lighthearted, you're just trying to be silly. Don't do it. Rocketeers are kind to everyone, and we stick up for each other, okay? I want to give a special shout-out to our patrons, Gianna, Conley, and Alyssa from Orinda, California. Alyssa? Elisa? It's got to be Alyssa. If I'm saying that wrong, L. I'm going to call you L. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. It is hugely appreciated. Also, Dexter from Citrus Heights, California. I received your drawing. Wow, that digger artwork of that airship was awesome. Thank you so much, dude. I loved it. And Neil from Vancouver, Canada. Please take it easy on your dad's spatulas. Okay, Neil, I know you like Knights of Spatula, but let's try not to break those spatulas, okay? I also want to read a few reviews. Again, this is my wife's idea, so I'm going along with it, okay? This one's from Rebex40, and it says, Whole family enjoys them. We've got a range of interests and ages in our family of five, and all of us enjoy these fun, creative tales. Thank you. Thank you, Rebex. That is awesome. I love that. Uh, The stories are appealing to a variety of tastes in your family. That means a lot to me. Thank you. This one's from Bethel. And Bethel gave a list of her favorite stories. Number one is Camp Dino. Two, Grandpa's Globe. Three, Life? Life. Life. That's what it is. And four, Space Train. And she said, I put Space Train at the bottom because it was a little scary. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I try try not to make the story scary. Please, can you do more Dino Camp? I love it. Like a thousand more seasons? That is probably a no, though. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Bethel. I don't know if I can do a thousand more seasons unless I live to be a thousand. And she said, so I love Zeta's egg. It's so cool. Love it. See you later. Oh, yeah. I listened to What If World. Awesome. Bethel, What If World's a great show. And this one's from Moon Kitty. Moon Kitty? Come on. That is an awesome name. That name deserves a story in and of itself. Moon Kitty says, love your podcast. Hi, Purple Rocket Podcast. I love your podcast. The first time I heard your podcast, I loved it. My favorite series is the Digger series. I just finished it, but it's got to be my fave. My favorite character is Mora or Nora. I'm not sure which one, but I mean the lifting idea and blue hair is really cool. Love it. Well, that's all. Thanks so much for the awesome stories. I'm really excited for the next episode of Camp Dino. Sweet Moon Kitty. I hope you like that episode of Camp Dino. And it's Mora with an M, not Nora, in case you're confused. I'm sure there are other people out there with uh, that same question because uh, my pronunciation is not the greatest. But it's Mora with an M. And I agree, Digger is, I really love Digger. I really do. There's a special place for me. Rocketeers, these are great. Thank you so much for leaving these reviews, for your feedback, the emails, um, the artwork. Seriously, it's it's the best. I love reading your guys' experiences because I really sometimes feel like I'm on an island experiencing this when I'm when I'm writing them. Um, or you know, if I hear my kids listening to them, obviously that is is the best. That's why I started doing this. But also hearing that some of you out there are really enjoying these, it's it's special. It really is. Thank you, Rocketeers, for listening. Thank you, Roxanne Webb, my mom, for editing this episode. And please be sure, everyone, to check back next time. This is your host, Greg Webb.